Hello and welcome to the Town End Podcast. It's episode 42. Wow, it felt like the old days. 1-0 win over overs. Does it get any better? Possibly not. But just to make the night even better, I have two other lads here to join me. Steph's actually made it on from the start. So, Steph, how does it feel to get a start? Champion. <laughs> too many from the bench. This is good to get a start, pal. <laughs> and Donald's with us as well. Donald, how are you, pal? Donald That's how I am. Oh, <laughs> Ready to go. Don't yeah, apologies right. if the voice doesn't last for the end of this because I was there. And uh, might have shouted a few times. <laughs> yeah. I think we might exactly who you were shouting at because I, I, I was there a few targets. It was worse now than him having a refresher before this. He couldn't talk now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was also, I was thinking like tonight's the one night that I won't mind saying any of them boys' names. Uh, I won't mind pointing out that old man Finn couldn't keep a ball in. <laughs> Richard Hill was uh, oh, long past his best. You know, I could just do this all night. Aiden Chelsea had a, had, a, had a tough night tonight, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He had a lot of crying towards the referee. Nothing, nothing seemed to go for him. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're a or break for him, you know? Just like, imagine, imagine putting all that effort into making yourself look great and then playing absolutely fucking shite. Right? Okay. He's on it. He's on fire. Tonight. <laughs> it's always good. when Donald's like this at start, Steph. It's always really good too. Like, you know, this, yeah, this is only going to go pear shaped. Um. Well, Donald, look, we'll we'll start with you. How's the atmosphere? It seemed unbelievable on TV um, from what we could see because um, the the poor director had to use the camera behind the goals for most of it. We had to look at the game in an unorthodox direction because the ones on the gantry were were not and void for pretty much. Yeah, it looked like... um, I think myself and Gaddy last week had talked about possible protesting things happened before the game, whatever. It it looked like the shed had made an incredible, an incredibly um, subtle protest of RTE by just continually blowing black smoke up in front of the camera so you couldn't see. It was it because I obviously I couldn't tell how much you could see and couldn't see, but um I I would have been amazed if anybody could see anything. But um <laughs> it was one of the one of the best nights in in a long, 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 long time. It's always, a, it's always a massive night when the stand are clapping and the stand yeah. are getting involved. That's always a sign of, that it's an absolutely huge night. And, uh, you know, it was amazing. Just once the whistle went, every single person was making noise. Every single person was cheering the team on. And uh, the boys responded. And they were absolutely brilliant. Like, to a man, they were absolutely brilliant. Um I was having a conversation on the way down the road then about trying to pick who the man of the match was. I think they give it, they give it they to Andy Boyle. Boyle. All right, like, makes sense. It could have been. No, he, he the blocks though. You, you know, even at the end, we were analysing some of you know how we were not giving Rovers any time, and there was two or three times like Richie Tell was trying to trap a ball, and Boyle was just straight out nipping it off his toe and just going, "Nah, nah, nah, not nah, having it tonight, pal." And um, yeah, it was it was just an absolutely brilliant night, uh, one that'll live long in the memory. <laughs> I mean, Steph, the rest of the night might not, but the game will. 
<laughs> Steph, I presume you were a bit like me having to watch this one. Yeah, look, there was a bit of sickness in our house today, but we were able to uh, get a couple of kids off the bed early and sit down and watch it. So, yeah, some very impressive performances there, especially the lads at the back. Mm. I thought the two fullbacks. Well, yeah, Dummigan's coming in for a fair bit of praise here. Yeah, Dummigan, look, the uh, he he had he like as soon as your man gets taken off or switch wings, it's always mm. as a fullback, it's always a great sign. Like, and even he was threatening going forward, he was making overlaps, and I thought I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I thought the yeah, same Lee, for... Lee nearly scored as two like so. Yeah, Lee nearly scored twice, and he played the initial ball forward for uh, Mickey Duffy. It was an, an incredible ball between Gannon and Hoare, and uh, Duffy's pace got him there, and it was a great ball inside for Hoban, and he slips it through. Like I can't remember who's maybe Grace's legs and mm. Sean Murray. Like what we said a couple of weeks ago. He just seems to arrive in the right place at the right time, and I think it was actually Hor Hori. He nutmegged with the ball, yeah, just to make it even nicer, oh, yeah. even better. <laughs> then, so, and um, I'd say he's done a training a good lot over the last couple of years. So it was nice to do it in a match now as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a brilliant goal. It's like something you see off the training ground, really, like the, mm. making that run from Duffy cutting in from the left and. It was just like it's good perfect. control. Like Duffy controlled it between two players on the chest, like and and then got it down and like from from his back to goal to control it on his chest to being on the front foot and passing it straight into Hoop. Yeah. And like it's a hell of a move to be able to do all yeah. at once. Yeah, it's a, it's a like sort of run run sort of makes it easy for the fullback. To, not easy, but like mm. a run sort of makes a ball as well. And like when Duffy's on form like that. Do you know he's he's the best in the league. Yeah. By by a stretch, in my opinion, on in his position, like the inside forward or winger or whatever you may call him, like he's incredible. And like for him to take it out of the sky, control it, and be on the front foot straight away, and yeah. his vision and he's look, he seemed to he seemed to link up well with Hoban the last couple of weeks, especially. So yeah. And then Hoban as the target man and just a perfect ball through the legs. And Murray's arrived at the right time. He didn't even have to break stride, and he no, just slides perfect. it into the bottom corner. It was just a perfect, perfect goal. I think that's um, five for him for the season now. Am I right? Five is it? Yeah. He's, like, yeah. look, he's, he's been. Which I think is the most. I think he's. I think. I think uh, James Rogers had a tweet up. I think it's the same number he had scored when he was at Watford. So, it's um, it just shows what he's what he's like. You know when he's on that yeah, form, but to have him on form, to have Huben on form, you know it just it's, yeah. it makes a difference to have players on form. Because the words at the at the start of the season, we were looking for that little bit of, you know, a bit of work rate, a bit of consistency out of players, and we didn't know when that was going to happen. And you know, you, you can see all of a sudden whether it's Vinny getting them on the training ground and working on things, and you can see those patterns of play, like you just said there, Steph. It's yeah, you know, like everyone knew where where everybody was. It was something maybe off the off the training ground like the like the boys know each other inside out and good players will find you, you like you sort of build up that's what we sort of were talking about bringing in so many from outside and now that we're playing boys that know each other inside out they know what runs they're going to make they know if they like the ball inside like as soon as Lee got that ball 
he probably didn't even have to look. He would have known where Duffy was going to run into. Yeah. And I suppose the bit of confidence from the last couple of weeks, he was able to just fire the ball in and he knew Duffy was going to get there. But just going back to Murray a little bit, like mm. we all seen it in the European the European runs, like he was he was scoring goals for fun. He just needs the games and touch yeah. what he says injury free because that's sort of been his that sort of blighted his career the whole time. But I remember going up to his first ever game was in the Malone Cup and I don't even think he trained with Dundalk and it was against Strode up in Oriel and I was blown away by him I thought this well is going to be yeah. going to be a world beater here or like and just the injuries have just held him back so much but you can see the talent and the quality he has like he like he doesn't seem like he's any pace whatsoever but he gets himself in the right place at the right time he's clever on the ball like his late runs it's sort of Remind you of an ex-Man United player that's overrated. Massively. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it. But um, that's the sort of... Like, do you know, he pops up in the right place at the right time. and Do you know, he gets valuable goals for us like he did tonight. Yeah, and look, I mean, Donald, we've we've waxed lyrical about Murray probably for the past few games. Um, similar to Huben, but it's it's just nice to be able to compare to where we were as, as a place nearly at the start of the season. It's just nice to have a run of even for ourselves, lads. Upbeat shows to, you know, that we're not yeah. going. Oh God, you know, there's been another mistake. Like a clean sheet tonight. That's that's you know, you actually witnessed the clean sheet, don't know. Yeah, I know. I I said like I, we were talking again with with Gally at the end of last week's show, being like, you know. We'll win. We'll win one nil. And I was like, "There's no way we're keeping a clean sheet. Like we couldn't keep a clean sheet for a lot of money." And then you see that, like tonight, and it's like, "Why can't they keep more clean sheets? Look how good they were!" Like they yeah. rolled their luck in the first half, and um, the shot blocked off the line. Jerry made a brilliant save, but they were like pretty much in control the whole way through the second half. Like they weren't. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> Falling down like Danny Mandrew looking for a yellow card. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, it's, <laughs> it's amazing to think that that's the same team that we were watching a few months ago. Like, yeah, the the level, the like difference in in confidence and fitness and performance levels, everything's just miles better. Um, I was, I know, like we have talked about Murray a lot and praised them and all. And I think he did. He did an interview, and he's I think one of the only players I think that's done an interview, praising the club and praising what the club have done for him, and that he wouldn't mind being around uh, next season. So I was. Yeah. Um, Frank was looking for the whiskey tonight. I think okay, and you went for the can. It's. it's uh, I wouldn't be able to talk, which might actually end up being better if I just whiskey myself out of this. Um, but no, like, he he did an interview and I, like you read the interview and I'm like, oh, I really want him to do well. Like, and maybe it is mm-hmm. a case of he's saying the right things, you know, because he knows how to get the fans on site. If you want to be cynical about it, and maybe he will be gone at the end of the season. But just to even say anything positive about the uh, his time at the club and how the club took a chance on him again, like Steph was saying, with all the, like, the injury record that he had was horrendous and has been pretty bad since he's been at the club. And um, yeah. to see him. On the run of form that he's on now, it's it's just fantastic, and you really you always want the best from, especially that's like like him 
that have suffered a lot with injuries and his potential has probably been uh probably hasn't met his potential because of it and to see him in the form that he's in now like he's been absolutely fantastic and even he's making like 40 50 60 yard sprints deep into the second half to try wasn't there, wasn't there something though didn't Vinny didn't Vinny say that they were working a little on the um training ground about him just timing that run into the box and and like you can clearly see that when you even when you look at the the goal tonight like Steph said you know they nearly knew where everybody was so when that long ball came up to Duffy he's rolling into Hooban Hooban couldn't roll his man but he knew Murray was was arriving in and he could guide it in like so if that is something that they've worked on the on the training ground over the past few weeks, you know, Murray's fairly reaping the benefits of that, isn't he? Yeah. And like Steph was saying, the two like the two boys seem to Hooven and Duffy seem to be almost telepathic now. Like in mm. late it was just especially in the late stages of the second half, where a ball up to Hooven and Duffy's just gone. And all Hooven has to do is get it down and just get it in front of him. And then you'd have Murray coming up the other side then breaking into space like it it does look like something they've done in the training ground over and over and over and over again um, yeah and it's been working because he's so like Murray's just so good at timing those things and just knows exactly when to be there and he's a good finisher as well like there's no mm. actually no done him, i don't know many justice by the way it was his 14th goal um for the club wow. so i Close. i really done a massive injustice there so apologies <laughs> he'll be furious at you <laughs> you can listen to it the way home, and he'll be yelling, and then he'll go, "Oh, it's okay. He's, he, he, he's fixed it now." It's okay. Right. He's going, um, to his churn. he's going to change his tune and say he wants out now. Of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please stay, Sean. Um, Steph, you know a consistent lineup from the Harps match. I know it was a point, but you know at times we played well in that, and you can see some sort of consistency even when we've got results in the past few games, is that also kind of, you're starting to see the benefits of that where people know how to play with each other. I mean, I just see something from John Flanagan there saying that we played them back in May, Cherry, Leahy, Sloggett and Murray all on the bench that night. Towards their all first names on the sheet now. You don't, you don't want to be like, like slagging off the players that, that have come in. Like sign with the club from out from outside the league, because mm. we're all God's children at the end of the day. But um, <laughs> but look, the, it it hasn't really worked out for them, and it's no coincidence that the players that are playing now have like they're the sort of the, the old guard really, and they're the players that know the league, know what it's about. Like Stanton's probably the only one in there, is he? And he's like. Yeah, he's of he's he's Scottish. He's of the mold. He's not coming from too far away. He knows what sort of league it is. Like Scotland wouldn't be a million miles off what what the Irish league is all about. Yeah. You know? So and and you know what you know the type of player he is. Like he's like he's dogged. He'll get stuck in when needs to be. He'll he'll make the he'll make the foul around the halfway line where you were looking at some of the other players going. Some of them just didn't fancy it, stood back and, oh, you know, wouldn't put in a challenge or whatever. But like, like we said, it's just, it's no coincidence that the players, that, the, the players <laughs> that we've, <laughs> the players that, that tree up here killed her. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That, 
That was bad from Chris. Chris has never done that to you. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's strongly the panel puts in something like that. I have to put it up. That's <laughs> Get flannel on. Get him on. <laughs> For a special blessing. He, he didn't. He didn't find his. He didn't find his wallet in his pocket anyway. He hasn't seen that in a few years. <laughs> an old team. He didn't find his wallet. <laughs> um, Donald. Um, before the goal. There was a fair shout for overs for a penalty. What did you see in the ground of that with Andy Boyle? Um, I think if uh, the referee had called the game off because someone's shoelaces were untied, I wouldn't have been surprised. If he <laughs> was just absolutely capable of anything tonight. Um, I thought he was going to give a penalty. Whether or yeah. not it was a penalty, I don't know. You you easily could have you could have given it very easily. Yeah. And my Jesus immediate reaction was definitely like he's definitely given this. And then he didn't. And I thought, like, there's just no talent what this man's gonna do. And then But even when he even you know, for our goal leader, after that I was kind of wondering what he was doing. I thought he's he's gonna chalk this off. He, he seemed to be looking at the linesman for a split second. I thought if he's gonna chalk this off for an offside, I was the ending was liable to happen with him tonight, like Murray sort of looked after he scored and was like, yeah. he's looking around to say, is he he's is he going to chalk this off? I was like, oh no, <laughs> I didn't Sorry, see that. You were, well, you were you were there. So. Pay attention to the referee when you know other you missed the on. replay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did it not show it on the big screen up in Oriel though? <laughs> no, and. Uh, like the really, scoreboard's really, not even working really in Oriel. Yeah. Because they so, didn't take me watch with me. So I'm like, I have no idea how long is left. <laughs> Disaster. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's nothing. Yeah, I forgot this. Scoreboard's There's gone. Nothing. It's wonderful why you played 27 minutes injury time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, what did we think on the t- on like from the TV coverage on. and everything? Because we thought that uh, the ref that we got the best of the terrible decisions that the referee made the whole night. Like, I know he made loads of bad decisions, but they penalty being one. There was a couple yeah. of other ones where I was like... There was a couple of other kind of real dodgy yellow cards. He was kind of dishing them out at, his, at the end of the game in particular. If you just fell over, you got one. And then yeah. even if you didn't fall over, you still got one. Yeah. Yeah. Even the Mandra one, sort of, the Mandra one seemed like... He got like he, he got like they were trying to stop him and he got a few bumps along the way and then he tried to he tried to like win the free kick obviously and then he's just fucking he but he like he sort of seemed to get touched. I don't know. I, I, I missed the replay but he seemed like he got, got knocked, then took a took a step and then tried to go down. But he booked mm. him then for diving. But yeah. it was like it was sort of an unusual one. And then gave like, Stanton one too. Yeah, Stanton's was like just I I don't know Stanton. I, don't know what like, that was yeah. I liked it. Uh, Twelve fells before that, maybe it was an accumulation at Apple. Hmm. It seemed like the harshest one of the lot. That uh, that Cleary one, I think he might have been walking too fast uh, towards the referee, and that's what he got booked for. Because he yeah, didn't even walk. just walked. It was some just just watching it like 
there was some of them like it'd be just you know that it just scanned to a player and it just show a player and next of all you just see a yellow popping up and you're going Hang where on, did that come from get booked <laughs> and it was just like just confirmation that Dummigan got booked and he'd be like what is going on here yeah yeah um i i've no idea yeah the, the cleary one was 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 a real strange one in particular yeah um unless he thought the abuse was going to him but i i think he was having to go with gannon too at, the, at that time so we all maybe went. yeah that's it mm. he did get a nice reception um from the shed uh gannon in fairness gannon whore all of them did old man finn yeah <laughs> Well, who do you hate the most out of all of them? I'll just equal. Okay. We can go. Uh, I don't show favoritism. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in high fidelity here, lads. What's going on? I hate all of them exactly the same. Um, no, it was just the uh, the Finn one was the one that like the boys leaving in uh, in at the end of the season. It was like, well, like the place is a disaster and. It's not like they're breaking, they weren't breaking up like a golden team to go mm. their overs. Like Finn was in the team that was in the Europa League. And then um, one was the man of the match in the cup final that he that we had. And then about 10 minutes later, it was gone. So that one was always one where I was like, you still use this. But uh, no, I have no feelings towards the other lads at all because they're shite. <laughs> well, so, yeah. breaking analysis there I can tell you <laughs> um, Steph just to go back to the game now that he's finished his rant there on our former players <laughs> I provoked it so I'll take yeah, yeah, I, I was set up I was set up <laughs> out of him tonight yeah just before just before half time um, Cherry pulls off an amazing save now yeah. If if you normally read the script for Dundee Football Club, we go just coming up to halftime or coming up to full time, we concede balls in the back of net where the flayed are going in, and it's it's a different team talk. But you, it shows if you have something decent between the sticks, you pull off a big save like that, and it's you know it, it turned out to be a completely different game then. Yeah, look, um, there was one or two that did did a couple of chances, even like tell thankfully like screwed a shot wide after that hmm. after uh green ran into boil ran into boil studs and um, but no it was a fantastic save like i thought if any, if anything was going to come from rovers it was going to come through watts um, and <clears throat> i thought he was very very good particularly in the first half when they were sort of when they were doing all right and carving out a few chances and it was a fantastic save, like and surely that that gives everyone a lift then, especially the time like the timing of it, like you said, like going in at mm. half time and, and the defence obviously gained the confidence knowing that look, if something can get by us, well then we someone there that can that can stop it, like do you know what I mean? So it, yeah. it lifted everyone going into half time and you could hear the crowd then I think I heard Donald shouting a bit um from this from the far side of the pitch. <laughs> but it, it gave everyone a lift, and I, it was a it was a well worked move from from Rovers. And then again, just the time to do get in, then you you rely on your goalkeeper, and mm. he's pulled off a, a fantastic save. 
Mm. Like Donald, it's it's one of them. He pulls off that great save. You think of the the clearances off the lines, people throwing their bodies around, getting in front of players, getting blocks in. You know, like like I I suppose like kind of like Steph just said, it, it gets infectious around the team. Then you see everyone else stepping up and doing something, and then you know you want to go the extra mile too. Yeah, I like it. It's I think I've been saying this almost every every week now, but the um. The crowd feeding off the energy from the players, and the players feeding off the energy from the crowd. So when someone, it's like the old fuck, the old cliche, like that if somebody smashes into a challenge and the crowd cheer, it gives everybody a lift. Like so, stuff like throwing yourself in front of a shot and or making an absolutely fantastic save. I mean, I think mm. I think the stand was like on their feet, celebrating or like applauding the save because it was it, it felt like a massive moment. You know, mm. like um. And then it's just like, yeah, it's an, an infectious thing where you don't want to be the one to let the side down. Like you don't want to be the one who doesn't make the last ditch challenge. Like you don't want to be the one who gets beaten to a corner, which we seem like we were beaten to a few corners. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's just like, it's, I just, I just I honestly can't get over how, how different it is. And like we talked a lot about the crowd. And like, honestly, that was the best, the best crowd in Oriel in a long, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it definitely, everybody feeds off it. Players feed off it, and then the crowd feed off those performances. Like it was, it's just you can't not like you can't not get caught up in it. You can't not want to like put yourself, put your body on the line because your mates after doing it, or like you know, the crowd are after going bananas because somebody's just uh, a slight challenge or something you know it's just yeah. it's hard not to get stuck into that you know it's like a polar opposite of a couple of weeks ago where the where the attitude was like what well i'm not gonna hassle this fella and close him down because if he gets by me nobody else is gonna back me up whereas it's like i'm closing this man now because i know the fella that's beside me behind me in front of me is going to be doing the exact same thing and like Donald said, they're just feeding off the energy from each other and and obviously the crowd giving them the lift as well. Just massive having the crowd back. I mean, Donald, on that, you, you, I suppose you were in the stand tonight, so you would have seen a lot of the banners tonight. And, you know, they're, they're showing their support, you know, for the team, but not the regime um, as they had in their banners tonight. As I know you might have That's misread it once. Off situation <laughs> but you know when, when you think of how much Vinny mentioned in his post-match interview tonight that you know that's it's um it's four victories in a row here in Oriel Park now with fans back in too so clearly that has a massive effect and I don't know how much that has an effect on players feeding off the energy from say the shed tonight and the shed over the past few weeks um, and then the whole of Oriel Park, but also, I think we were missing that little fear factor when teams were coming to play us in Oriel Park. When it was nobody was there, it was it was like a training match. Let's be fair, when there's no crowd there, and um, there wasn't the intimidation. Like you said, we, we were talking earlier about you know former players tonight getting some abuse. We'd Figo esque pigs heads on the on the pitch at one stage too. 
So like, you know, you, you don't get that when it's a completely empty stadium. You don't get that atmosphere. You're an opposition winger close to the shed and you can hear the abuse coming directly at you. You know, and the last thing you're thinking is if I lose my ball in front of me here, these are going to be all over me laughing at me. Or if I do anything wrong here, they're on top of me straight away. You know, yeah. so you either play up to it or you, you, you retreat back into yourself. But it clearly has an effect when you look at the results of over the past while. Yeah, like Oriel used to be the hardest place to go in the league, like uh, partly because of the pitch, but partly because the shed would be making so much noise and that we had a fantastic team. Like, you, how long did we go unbeaten at home? Like, we like massive stretches where we wouldn't yeah. lose at home. And um, like, I think Vinny had an, like an incredible home record when he was. Um, in charge the first time and then into the second time as well like it mm -hmm. it should be the hardest place to go in the league because nobody <laughs> because no one should enjoy going and like using the away changing rooms and their away fans out in the sticks like nobody should enjoy it, it shouldn't be easy for anybody and yeah it's it's almost been magnified now obviously because we had nobody in but it's just like it's incredible the last few weeks what it's the difference that it's made mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've never really i think when when we had massive nights with like when when kenny was in charge and we were winning the league and stuff it was a different feeling because you were expecting to win and in the really tough games like the cork games and the rovers games they'd be the really really tough games they'd be the ones where you'd be like on the edge of your seat but it's every single game now like yeah. every game is um, <laughs> Every game is massive. Don't point it out, Flano, please. It's every game is massive. And um yeah, the crowd are just making it. Making every game massive and are making massive amounts of noise. Why is he having why is he having to go at everybody tonight? I don't understand this. <laughs> He's people are yeah. Exactly. Steph, like do you would you would you agree there's it, there's also that fear factor for, for opposition now coming to Oriel? Yeah, absolutely. I think you could sort of sense a couple of the Rovers players tense on the ball, particularly the shed side, and and you could you could hear like the shouts and whatever else. Like, but obviously it, it affects you. As you're you're playing a game, you try and drown out the noise. But when like I'm there was stuff coming onto the pitch, and I think Hoban was thrown off a few a few coins in the first half, even like so. Yeah, it's a it's a massive effect. Chris yeah. is doing a good job. Yeah, just put in your own. Yeah, put in. Fra crazy Frank thinks you need to go back on the whiskey, mind you. you think that's that's what that's what stabilizes. <laughs> that's what stables you, stabilizes you out. Um, Balance you up, get the, get the whiskey. Yeah. I promise next time. Uh, lads, we're just going to bring in a guest tonight. So um, joining us is local journalist James Rogers, who obviously was there at the game tonight. James, how are you? Hi, lads. How's things? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, you were saying that Vinny was in high demand tonight, was he? Ah, yeah, look, there's always a few journalists around him uh, and probably, like myself, ask too many questions at times and drags it out. But, uh, yeah, look, it's, you'll reflect on those nights all the time. Um I really enjoyed it tonight. I haven't heard the, the first half hour of the show, but I'm, I'm sure, um, like myself, you beat James. Yeah, that's you know, it's a, it's a it's a welcome change to be fair. Um, 
you know, um, there's been too many hard nights for you guys this year, I think. So, um, and and for us all in general. So it's kind of nice to be able to look back on a a memorable night and you know on and off the pitch. Really, I think. Mm. We, we we were just commenting, James. There, just we, we, you know, when you think about the banners that was there tonight and the atmosphere tonight, there's a real fear factor all of a sudden around Oriel Park that has been missing really in the last year and a half, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was walking down the steps after the game with John Murphy, you know, from the Dock FM, and I was saying, like, you know, how are we where we are? I mean, for a side who can produce performances like that, and you know. We've seen it at times around Europe as well. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 criminal. I think that we're only sixth, effectively. Um, you know, um, but look, we can't dwell too much in the past. But I think that since the fans have got back in, I think they've made a huge difference. I think the players are showing a bit of fight and heart and that. Like, you know, it's like anything; it's never perfect. There's always improvements to be made, but. Um, I think if we were playing like that all year with that crowd, I think we'd be in a lot better place than we are. What did you think um, of the performance tonight? Uh, we were only just saying that it, it seemed to be infectious in defence, that everyone was really putting their neck on the line, the blocks on the line. Cherry's, we were just talking about Cherry's super save just before half time as well, which can really set up a, a, a grandstand second half. But if we even take the, the, the goal itself, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to figure out if it was one that's worked off. A training ground because the the, the the three players linking up seemed to know exactly where everybody was and and the pass off the layoff that you know Duffy sucking in two players creates the space for Murray the far side. Yeah, it was a great goal and and I, I marvel that Will Patching actually was going the wrong way with I think two or three Rovers players behind him in the build up and it was his pass with the outside of his foot that played it to Leahy who kind of started to move. Um, you know, so even going that far back and I thought it was a, a, a brilliant, brilliant goal and um. You know, I think what we have now is if we we've players hitting form. Like if you look at, okay, he didn't score tonight, but Patrick Huben his goals in recent weeks, and again an assist tonight. If you look at Murray, that's six and nine. Um, even the defenders, like uh, I was chatting to Dara Lee coming out, and you know, I think he he, he could have had a hat trick tonight. You know, um, he hasn't actually scored for the club yet, but it was just no. one of those nights where. You know, we're probably unlucky not to get a goal at, at one point, but like even his progress in the last few weeks has been, you know, immense. And you know, you, you dot it around the team. I see someone else mentioned Sam Stanton there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and little things like even uh, Greg Slogger, I seen it early on a corner that he kind of got bullied the best by it. And the next one he won and then won the second ball as well. So the, there's little things that, you know, almost go unnoticed. And for me, one of the biggest improvements, I, t- I thought we were getting caught a bit at our b- at back post uh, in the build-up to halftime from balls into the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and we massively shored that up. I don't know if it was a conscious thing or not that was discussed. But, I mean, they were really battering us coming up to halftime and basically didn't have a chance then in the second half. Um, and even that, like, you know, the, the lack of clean sheets has been frustration I mean too often this season we've had to score two or three to try and win a game we haven't been able to do that um if you can get back to keeping clean sheets you just give yourself a, a, a obviously a better chance it's look it's hardly uh rocket science but I mean we just haven't been doing it I mean that's only five all season you yeah. know for a team who are keeping 20 odds you know is 
it's it's too many goals to be conceding. But I was, I was delighted for Peter Cherry in, in general. I thought you mentioned his save there, but he, he's just made such a big difference. I think since he's come back in, just the the overall confidence he gives the the back four, and you know at times I think we were playing too deep this season and it brought everyone back. Uh, you know, even from Hoban up top or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, we're 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 more advanced now, and it's definitely it's paying it's paying dividends. What would you would you put much of it down to a more consistent lineup all of a sudden, James? Like when you think about the players that we've got back from injury and some some long term injuries, we I know we still have, but you would say like that's a consistent team with the two all draw. And and if you look at say our last few performances, bar one or two players, it's been pretty pretty consistent of late, and that hasn't been the way all season. Yeah, I, I think it's helped in some regard. I mean, we were speaking to. Hoban there a few weeks ago and, and he was of the opinion himself that you know and, and I'm not saying he said this but there, there's been criticism at times over the perceived level of fitness and we were definitely waning in games for whatever reason and um, that now seems to be gone a little bit but he put it down to the amount of games they've played that's basically they've, that they've got up to speed now you, you know you can maybe you go back to our lack of a pre-season and stuff like that for reasons for that. Um, I don't know enough about sports science to comment on whether the programs are good or, enough or not. That's for someone, you know, better than me to judge. But certainly just being able to finish games and finish games strongly, like even start the second half without creating anything, Rovers were on top. And and, and I, I thought kind of after the hour mark, if anyone was going to get a goal, it was us. You know, so we probably finished it stronger than them. Um, and that's great to see because look, we'll, we'll need that going forward because you know you're you're looking at the league table there, and I even asked Vinny tonight about it. Like, do you do you fully give up as much as like the cup is obviously the the main route to Europe? Do you give up via the league? You know, all of a sudden you're you know you're back to uh, you know what eight points behind Sligo. I know you have a game and more more played, but you still have a lot there, and you know like. And, Exactly, you know. So, and, and I mean, you're you're playing Bowes next week. Who again? Mm. Look, I know they've games in hand, but if you if you beat Bowes, you're 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 level on points with them. So, it's a bit, look. It is a big ass. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you if if you keep up this bit of form we have, and you look at our our fixtures, because um, I think our our furthest trip for the rest of the season is inch core twice. You know, one in the cup, one in the league. Um, there's no big travel now. It's by and large one game a week. Apart from that Pat sort of semi-final league game. Um and you know, if they can do this, and you know, you bear in mind, even speaking to Vinny afterwards, he he said McMillan and Kelly were pretty close this evening. He does expect him to have them on the bench next week. If you can add maybe a McElhenney to that, there's still hope Brian Garton will see football this season. All of a sudden you have the options on the bench as well, because I think that's that's what I sort of feared tonight when I looked at that Rovers bench with the, you know, even the players that didn't bring on Sean Cavanagh, Joey O'Brien, the likes of them. Um, and with all due respect to our subs, there's a lot of youth there who look, maybe their best days are ahead of them. But, um, you know, it's a lot to be asking of them right now, throwing them into a game like that, you know, but we'll see what happens. I suppose I get to, I suppose, future developments in Oriel Park in a second, James, because I know, of late, it's probably the question that everyone stops and asks you about. But just just when you mentioned Vinny there, um, in his post-match interview on TV, he was um, full of praise for the fans, the atmosphere of what they've created in it. 
he hasn't shirked any sort of criticism that the team has received, but he equally thinks that they now deserve praise going forward. I presume it was kind of a similar um, what what he had said to use then after, was it? Um, yeah, we did ask him about the fans. Like, I think like the fans have been just amazing, to be fair, because it would have been easy for the supporters to kind of turn their back on the team. I think the one of the banners tonight, I think, some summed it up. Like, so I think it was support the team, not the regime. Um, mm. and they really have stuck with the team, and they've definitely helped them. You know, even go back to the Finn Harps game and the cup replay. I think you know, going one nil down that night with it, with everything going on very early on, you, you know, you were de- literally down to the bare bones. Um, you know, it, they could have turned on the team that night. And I think yeah. other clubs would have, but, you know, they've been just sensational. Like even the atmosphere tonight, and, and it wasn't a full attendance by any means. I know the sold out signs were up, but um, you, you definitely could have fit more in Oriel Park. But, you know, it was just a joy to be there. Like it was a proper occasion. And, and you know, the, the players have responded to be fair. Um, and you just wonder, you know, had you had them earlier, again, I, I, I think we'd be further yeah. up the table. I mean, I was even leaving Oriel tonight reflecting on, you know, the, the seven points we've dropped against Longford. I think we'd be a point behind uh, Sligo now, you know, if we were, you know, in yeah. that position, you know, and I know ifs and woods and shudders and all that, but mm. um, definitely the, the fans have been brilliant because, uh, as I said, there's been so much, you know, low points this season and look you guys know more than anything because you're coming on to this you know at times after a new low a new low a new low and you're trying to be a bit upbeat you're trying to even like see you don't you've basically become whiskey hanks i think you were christened one week you know so like uh, um chris i think you're the only man with hair still doing a podcast you know so it hasn't been good but like to be fair i have to say the fans have been despite everything going on in the background and look there's still big question marks over the future etc but i mean you have to you have to say credit where credit's due one one thing Vinny signed off with on on tv on his interview was although with all the praise that the team will get tonight i'm sure your panel will discuss the contract situation and sure enough, when I got thrown back to the panelists, the first thing they did say was, these are great, but how many of these players are going to be here next year? I, I presume we're no further. We don't know anything. You haven't heard anything extra. No, not. I mean, there's nothing. Like it's confident words from, from Sean Murray pre-match um, in his interview. Yeah, but another Sean told me around this time last year he also wanted to stay in. He was playing for the opposition tonight. So, um, look, it, it's great players want to stay. Um, and, you know, you take... I'm just going to use Patrick Hoban as an example. Because in recent weeks, I think he's shown, even with his assist tonight, he's still, for me, the best in the league. I know Georgie Kelly has, you know, is, is top goal scorer at the moment. But if you look back to our game against Bowes, I thought the way Hoban bullied the Bowes defence that night. I think that's why he's there. And I mean, if Stephen Bradley needs a bit of an addition of some of what they're missing, I mean, it was there tonight, not just with Hoban, by the way, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, someone like him, he, he's now, I think, 19, 20 goals away from the all-time record, Joey Donnelly's record of goals for the club. And, you know, that in itself, given he's kind of settled locally as well, should be reason for him to stay, for example. But, you know, if there's not a contract on the table, I yeah. mean, we're, we're, you know, to go back to Michael Duffy, like, 
you know, Michael Duffy probably wouldn't have stayed anyway. I think, you know, the, there's an obvious desire to go home. There's an obvious desire to play on the Rory Higgins and, and all that. But mm-hmm. at least give him an alternative that, yeah. you know, he can take home to his wife, partner, whatever, say, you know, well, this is what they're offering me. And, you know, ultimately money talks. I mean, he he left Derry originally for two reasons, I presume, like f- financial and success related. And yeah. we need to show both him and others that they can still achieve that here at the dock. They can still make a good, okay, I know league of Ireland players, they're not millionaires by any means, but mm-hmm. they can still make a good living here. Um, and also compete, be it in Europe, be it in the league, be it in the cups. We need to show that. And, um, unfortunately, you know, just, you just fear every week that there's going to be another one of these coming with, uh, you know, players will get nervous and partners will get nervous. Like you guys, you know yourself. It's sometimes it's the, it's the woman or whatever like nagging you about like the, you know, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, and and like they're probably a lot of these guys are still in them in that boat as well. Like a lot of them have kids now. They've sort of grown up with the club, and mm-hmm. you know who's who's paying the bill on January first. You know, I've no doubt that the better players will all find employment, but you know, like any of us, I mean, whether you're on. 500 euro a week or 5,000 euro a week, it's very hard to go down levels when you're used to a, a certain lifestyle based on your income. And we all live to our income to a certain extent, you know? So yeah. um, that's a factor too, because I mean, you're hearing reports, I'm hearing reports this week that the budget might be slashed to maybe the fourth highest in the league, which, um, you know, would say certain players will probably have to take pay cuts. Um Right. And then do you lose some? Because, like, with all due respect, you you don't have a a, a plethora of players around the northeast, or certainly around the dock, that mm-hmm. you know are available of a certain quality. And then that throws mm-hmm. up the argument: if I'm a Dublin-based player, am I better at a Bowes or a Pats or someone on two hundred euro less and not spending? I mean, a passive filling station today. I think that the, the petrol was one sixty-two or something. Um, you know, so you cut out that commute, which saves you money probably in the long term and and time, which we all have to put a value on. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, I think this has been a disaster from from a business perspective from Peak Six. Um, uh, you know, some people have felt that you know, and and at times, unfortunately, has been they need getting the grilling over, but. You'll never convince me that a, that a manager, certainly someone like Vinnie Pert, will ever want to lose a McElhenney or a Duffy. Yeah. Um, so it's not it's not up to him um, to do this. Unfortunately, he's probably the only one publicly facing up every week because of his position. But um, he doesn't even know if he's going to be here. Which, like, I mean, Stefan, you played the game. Would you play? Would you play for a manager? You know, th- if you didn't know he was going to be the manager, you know, would you commit your future to that? Maybe like. Maybe some players will, but I think the the pick of the bunch will want to know who the boss is because if you look at even Styles there tonight, like with all due respect to Stephen Bradley, he doesn't really play wide players. I think you know did a complete lack of wit this evening. Um, you know, I really like Ronan Finn, always have, but he's he's ultimately a midfielder who does a job at wing back. But you know, Barry Cotter the same. Like he, uh, you know, I, t- I think th- they don't played that way so if you're uh you know i know he's obviously committed to Derry now but i remember like rover fans saying we should go after michael duffy and mm-hmm. yeah in theory it makes sense but where are you going to play him 
you're going to all of a sudden change your formation to fit him into it or whatever. Maybe maybe he's worth doing for that, but uh, these are all things that people need to weigh up because I mean, I remember when Vinny appointed Alan Reynolds as his number two back when when Rory Higgins left. I thought it was an interesting appointment because Alan Reynolds had kind of made his name playing a diamond formation without wide players, whereas we were probably the the main team in the country. You know, when you think of wingers, and mm. for me that wasn't. And no disrespect to Rennie, he's a good coach, but that wasn't a perfect fit because unless we were trying to mix it up or something, but they're just little things that maybe the average fan won't think about. But I think if you're a player in a certain position, you, you probably will. Steph, I'm yeah, just going to just bring you in on that point that, that James just brought up. I mean, just from a player's point of view, like at this stage, we can see from a lot of players obviously signing pre contracts already that. Their minds are, are elsewhere, like James said, thinking about next year. Where where am I going? Like you, you've been at this scenario that when the team got promoted, that type you, you you often talk about it that you know you read in the paper to find out that you you weren't being retained by the club. So it, it's it's yeah. it's got to be like a, a a real roller coaster of emotions for players. Yeah, like back then it was first division, so there was no such thing as a two year contract, three year contract. So you were sort of coming to the last three months of the season, like the manager was sort of letting you know, like, look, I'm going to be keeping you for next year, but with everything up in the air, with us going for the league, and it was sort of John Gills, like, yeah, it was his last chance, and he, even though he got promoted then, he, he still didn't get the chance to to lead us in the Premier Division, like, but, but that's the, like, sort of, like, players are sort of looking around, even, even you were sort of you were talking to players and they were sort of saying, talking to other clubs, using them as sort of leverage. They, they wanted to stay at the dog, but they'd be going back to the manager saying, look, such and such has been in contact. They're going to offer me this and be trying to get more money. So it's definitely a financial thing, but like the level of players we have, like Michael Duffy's going to Derry because he really believes that they'll be challenging next season. And look, the players that have signed, the quality that they've signed, I, I, I have no doubt that they, sh- they will be up there, or they definitely should be the the players they're going to bring in. But they're all going to have ambition. Like uh, Sean Murray's talking about, like he wants to stay at the North apparently. But if if you if you want to be challenging, winning leagues and stuff like that, um, that's what you that's what you like. You want to be signing with the best the best clubs in in Ireland, really. Yeah, and and look, and I suppose if someone's offering you better terms or whatever, you'll in any job, your mind to be turned and you and you, you you can't knock anybody for, for wanting security, like you said, James, for their families. Um, we we think of the two lads who sign on, we know they've got young families as well. You've got to think about schooling and everything else like that for them too. You know, and if they want to go back closer to home, then you can't really stop them. But but I, I think as much I know, reduced you, wages. Could you have done you, a three-year contract? But I think if you strip all that away, like, yeah, money matters and, yeah, security matters and all the rest. But if you strip all that away, I think players will, you know, if you ask Sean Gannon, does he want to play right back or part of a three-man centre-half, you know, trio that he was tonight, or does he want to play wing back? I think he'd pick right back every time, yeah. you know. And we we could have offered him that in terms of, you know, as I say, strip away the, the length of contract, the money and all that and 
you know, sometimes I don't like talking about that, but yeah. ultimately someone like that will want to play somewhere they enjoy their football. And, yeah. you know, that, that, that does become a factor too. Um, you know, again, tonight, you know, we, we play very good football when we're in full flow. Um, but, you know, the, the environment has to be right. How we rate these players has to be right. Um, you know, it's it's hard to see. Like with, with every Duffy and McElhenney you lose, I think it it gets that bit harder to climb back towards the top or even whatever that is, you know, be a challenge for a title, be it Europe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not that many out there that do it consistently. Um, yeah. And, you know, we still have, despite everything this year, we still have some of the best in the business. You know, you look at even the defensive performance tonight, and you know, I know they've leaked too many goals. They know that. But, you know, on their, on their day, they're still as good as anything in the league, a lot of them. And for these lads to be, you know, so I just mentioned Leahy. I mean, his, his improvement in the last sort of even six matches has been enormous. Like, he was getting up the line tonight. He was... You know, I, I've sometimes, um, and I know they're judged at a high level, but, you know, comparing them to Massey and Gannon, who we were spoiled with for years, I think the biggest issue for me with them is that they don't offer the attacking threat. And same with Joukowskis. If you look at the amount of time Sean Gannon got to an end line, Dane Massey, they popped up with goals, they popped up with assists. I don't think we're getting enough of that from our fullbacks. But there was a sense of that tonight if you look at the the run Dummigan went on you know early on and almost played uh Huben in and uh Leahy as I say he could have had a hat trick you know his his his, his particularly his shot early on where he yeah. overlapped Duffy and stuff like that. I mean that's a sign of improvement but like again we're just putting these guys in the shop window at the moment because I mean if I'm Stephen Bradley tonight how I'm not looking at a few of those players and not the dog team and saying, yeah, that's probably, we could do with him, we could do with him. Um, you know, it's just baffling, but unfortunately we're, we're blue in the face talking about it, you know, as supporters, as fans, um, you know, podcasters, whatever. It's, you know, th- there doesn't seem to be anyone listening. Um, yeah. and I, I still fear that they think they know better. You know, the, you know, Filippo came out with a line that started the year where, like you can replace players. So, I mean, you can, but there's quality levels. You know, we, we still have a lot of quality there um, and it's just important to hold on to it, I, I feel. But mm-hmm. whether they do or not remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, James, just before you go, do we, we one or two questions in, if that's all right. Um, yeah. Just with regards to contract situations just frank harlan here asking is that the role for jim mcgilton is that not what he should be doing um in theory yes uh like i would definitely say it's part of his role if you look at the if it was i know it didn't appear in a in a traditional newspaper advert or whatever but Mm -hmm. imagine that as part of it but i mean in his defense as well i think it's been completely taken away from him so um i'm not completely passing the the blame over from him but i mean if your boss doesn't let you uh do what should be in my opinion a function of your job yes uh you know what 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 can you do um and that that's been a factor i think uh the fact that you're negotiating with someone the other side of the 
Atlantic and even with time zones and stuff, yeah, it, it's it's just not ideal. I mean, I seen Stephen McPhail on the pitch after the game tonight, and and you know, a guy who played the game, a guy who, you know, we'd like to think he's an eye for a player and 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 all that. He's a great relationship with the manager, um, and presumably, as far as I can see, has the trust of his board and and the owners of the club we don't have that situation and it's 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 mad to be almost envious of what you see on the other setup because um that's probably the right way to do it but again we haven't been doing things right at all yeah and just david lennon has asked just your interview you had earlier in the year with bill how do you i suppose the best way to probably is to say did thing you know Back then, you probably could agree with a lot of his statements because he was coming out saying that he thinks we'll still be challenging. That was at the very start of the season. There's a lot of water under the bridge. And since then, what what would be your take? I mean, you've you've had, I suppose, two kind of not in-depth interviews, James, but, you know, they were longer than probably most people would have a chat with him. How has your views changed about Bill and, I suppose, his... You probably need to separate that, James. I'm probably being a bit unfair to you because you've probably got, you know, Bill Hullsizer, the person, but then you also have his role within the club and, and what he, he he has done or he hasn't done, I suppose. Um, like, look, Bill Hullsizer, the person, in my view, is a, a nice guy. Um, but 99% of... The people in Oriel tonight were nice guys. I, I know plenty of nice guys, but I wouldn't hire every guy I know that's a nice guy to do a job yeah. for me. Um, I think he's, you know, easily influenced. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's he means well. I, I have no doubt he means well in what he's doing, but like not everything that's a good deed turns out that way. And, you know, even to, like... You know, there was points of this season where we maybe had half a dozen players on the books that, you know, I'm talking about your Tanner Dogans, your Herman Giamatti, your, you know, these different guys around the club. And with all due respect to them, but streets off the level of, I mean, two of them were sent back from Longford, or not Longford, sorry, Athlone. Athlone. Um, because they, they weren't good enough effectively for that level. Um, and maybe that's been harsh, but it's reality. I mean, we'd all love to be playing League of Ireland football, but we're not good enough. Um, but like that sort of uh when you talk to Bill, he'll argue that, you know, I'm giving a guy a, a chance. And, you know, I think he at one point mentioned the examples of a Kante and a a Vardy and stuff like this. But I mean, that's all well and good. But I mean, it just goes back to I don't think you get a football setup at all because you know, anyone can see very quickly that some of these guys will never make the level. And look, that's, you know, been many a good lad that's never been good enough. Um, but we take these over, we pay them a wage. I'm not saying they're the highest earners at the club, but we also house them. Um, we do all this sort of nice stuff, but like they're never going to be good enough for your team. Some of them haven't even been playing at under 19 level that were of that level because they're, they're not up to it we took another few guys over here on trial that were never mm. going to get work permits um yeah. and it 
wasted. I mean, the money spent on that, with all due respect, and then you won't give a guy who's proven himself a longer-term contract or a better deal. Um, you won't appoint, say, a full-time secretary of your club. Yeah. You, you know, there's there's various areas of that club, if you look at it. And, you know, I don't want to take everything away from it. There, there has been some good stuff up there, too. But, I mean, uh, it, you know, I, I go back to the fact we don't have a full-time assistant manager at the moment. Um, you know, so we spent stupidly, for want of a better term, in some areas, and then we won't spend in areas which are more needed mm-hmm. and again i know he, he probably means well but the the overspend when it became abundantly clear what was required or what was being spent i mean that's probably got us to the point now where this state of flux where it's created a lot of anger among the fans but equally from peak six headquarters they're kind of on the fence about their, their overall commitment to it yeah um like stuff like trying to build your brand in Korea, just bonker stuff. Like, uh, with all due respect to Han, it's not his fault, but, you know, I, I go back to little things. Like, you still, and we're nearly at the end of the season, you still can't go on to dundalkfc.com and buy a jersey with Han 77 on the back. You know, so all these little things, um, even his own family can't support him in that way. Uh, and I, I, I just think, you know, he's got sidetracked on many issues, petty arguments with the FAI, stuff like that. And it's it's been to the detriment of the club. Um, appointing, you even go back to Jim Magilton. You know, from the outside, I welcomed that. I didn't know Jim or anything, but I mean, the overall role I thought was something badly needed. Mm-hmm. And then probably has never let him fully do the job, you know. Um, I think most people, if Jim, I'm not trying to defend Jim here, I think if Jim left in the morning, most people would probably welcome it and probably say, well, he was a flop or whatever. But I think a lot of it's been, he hasn't also been allowed to do it. And I'm not I'm not taking all the blame away from Jim. I want to re- yeah. reiterate that. But give a clear run at it. Even with, with, with Vinny in both terms, he's been bundled in with players he, he didn't want or need. And, you know, the, the continual interference... You know, from someone who doesn't know the game, I mean, we're all under 50. Bill Holzheiser didn't play a game of football until he was 50. Never looked at a thing of football. That doesn't mean we've the answers, but, you know, he doesn't have the upbringing in it. He, he, you know, he never played it at any sort of level. He, he, you know, I remember one time on the phone to me, he recommended me watching This Is Football on Amazon Prime or something. You know, this is the level that he's at. And it it is almost football manager style at times where you know even i go back to han because remember we we were trying to sign another han at the time um that we didn't get and i remember getting a tip off that we were after another one and i was able to guess his name um based on the free agent list of players available at that time uh because it was so obvious what he was doing um and uh it was that was almost despite the FAI because there was work permit issues around the other hand, um, and he didn't take kindly to it. And that's no way to run any business. There's no way to run a football club. It's certainly no way to run a League of Ireland football club. Where yeah. you know, if uh, if a Newcastle United now or something want to do something stupid, they, you know, it's ultimately not too det- detrimental to them. But um, 
yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's best at this stage for everyone if he isn't there. But again, you come back to the old adage: Are you going to sack your dad? And therein lies, therein lies some of the bigger problems. And um, with it, like you said, probably with peak six towers and what they're if if they're fifty fifty and and sitting on the fence on this one, what what they actually want to do. James, I appreciate you jumping on tonight. Just before you go, um, for yourself, who was who was your man of the match tonight? You're not going to win the pizza, James, because you're on though. But I, I still <laughs> put you in the competition. <laughs> I'm only I'm actually only back from uh, see Darren McKeeley done about three podcasts I think last week. I was I was with him last week, so I I, I definitely don't need a pizza. I need to uh, go on a, I don't know a juice diet or something. But uh, no. Uh, um, it's a difficult one. Like there was so many tonight for me. Um, Sean, you know, I thought, you know, Sean Murray, Hoban, you know, I thought Andy, Andy Boyle was brilliant. I thought Bar, he definitely got away with a penalty. Um, definitely, but, he, he was the RT man of the match tonight. Andy Boyle, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe for that reason, with the the fact he did dodge the penalty as well, uh, adds extra. Uh, you know, kudos to it because you know we we. Uh, to be fair, we probably owed that bit of luck, but um, definitely. I don't, think, I don't think we could have had too many complaints if there was a, a, a penalty and maybe even a red card. But uh, <laughs> you're picking your man in a match and you're sending off Andy Boyle. What's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, no, but like, uh, yeah, you, you know, it's it's nice to get one over Rovers in, in more ways than one. So maybe for that reason, Boiler deserves. Boiler. But I think, look, you could have you could have chose that. Like, even yeah. I didn't mention Stanton there, but like his, his energy at times was brilliant as well. So. Yeah, but to be maybe fair, go with boiler across a lot of it across the back line. But there is some for for Boyle, Murray, Dummigan, Leahy. You know, everyone's getting a, getting a good shout there tonight. We always say it's, it's a good sign when the man of the match is kind of fairly even across the pitch. That there's a number of players who kind of stepped up tonight. I think you could you could throw a dart at maybe half a dozen of them. I don't think you'd be far wrong. Like it, it and again, as you say, it's a, it's a good a problem to have. <laughs> Exactly. James, appreciate you um, coming in tonight, especially after being up in Oriel Park. So go and, and start your juice diet. And I'm sure it's <laughs> Monday. Monday. Say what yeah, Monday. Exactly. Yeah. Here's James, appreciate that, Pat. Thanks, Thanks. And then there were three gents where we'll, we'll probably start looking towards the, the competition ourselves. Um, Donal, I'll come to you first. Um, for yourself, who was your man of the match tonight? And I'll start looking through this and I'll start adding these up. Um, obviously, there's lots of contenders. I'm going to go with Dummigan. Um, I think, I think James mentioned it there that he went on a run after about two or three minutes and almost put who'd been in behind the Rovers' mm-hmm. defence. And I think that was like a, a tone setter for the whole night. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dummigan. Steph, I see. I see your I your phrase was, that, being, uh, was being copied around tonight. By the way, I see it? Richie O'Connor had had no pat, no party tonight. No pat, no party. Yeah, <laughs> good man, Rich. Um, I demand the match. I've narrowed it down to eleven. It's going to be short and sweet. No, I thought. Well, I so thought, none of the like, substitutes look, are on it. No, you could. Yeah, look, Mayo come on and fucking close down everyone, including Bradley at one stage, I think. 
the ball went over the sideline. Um, no, look, there's there's five or six you could mention that you could have a strong argument for them being man the match. Um, I don't I don't know. Like sometimes you're watching a game and someone does something really good and you sort of I don't know whether you watch him particularly more. Maybe it's just me, but when Leahy played that ball to Duffy, that started the whole move off for the goal. I I I thought Leahy was was excellent. Like I know Ronan, I thought he played Ronan Finn off the park, and he could he couldn't get by him once. And um, even when he was getting doubled up on that side, I don't think he'd he was he was dealing with everything. He was playing balls out from the back. I thought he was excellent. I thought. I thought uh, Lee was my man to match anyway, especially after the stick he sort of came in for. He had injury troubles and he wasn't getting a run in the team like we were talking a couple of months ago. He wasn't even getting on the bench. Yeah, We were sort of saying, There's, what's going on? There's something not right. He's an ex-Irish under-21 international. Like He wasn't like just involved in squads. He was, he was starting games and playing and he went away to the UK and came back. But he's come in for a bit of stick. Undeservedly, so um, I, I think, like, yeah, but uh, to put that all behind him and put a, a performance like that, I thought he was very, very good. So, again, and, and to be fair, he was he was in the squad initially when Vinny was there, and then when Vinny left, he, he's all of a sudden he couldn't kick a ball in the team, yeah, kind of played out of position a few times, came back in, and I think when you look at Dummigan and Lee this year. They've been playing more consistent. Their football's getting better. And then when they were asked to play out of position, they still accommodated and, and really acquitted themselves really well too. So it, so it shows a, a level of maturity maturity in the two guys too. Like, Yeah, sometimes even if you're you're asked to do a job for the team in a different position, it sort of gives you a little bit of a lift within itself saying, look, I'm doing this for the team. It's not for yourself. You're doing it for the team. And sort of your confidence can grow from that as well and when he's when he's been in left full he's been very good we just showed tonight against supposedly the best team in the country um right so, so we're gonna have one of these situations lads where you so can pick whoever you want <laughs> and i'm going with murray just not only for his goal tonight, but just his performance, his performance of late. Goal line clearance as well. Exactly. Um, so I think especially he's the only one also talking about perhaps staying, you know, and giving Andy Boyle some company next year. So he's mine, which gives us an even dead heat across us all, um, which kind of puts us in a predicament then. So do I just pick one at random? We're How not going to do a, a, a Neville pick uh, the league, he wins it, obviously. Yeah, we can't do it a Gary Neville and give a joint man at a match here either because uh, right. we, can't, we can't be giving away four pizzas or whatever it would be. Unless there's a couple out there wanting to split it. The 10 couples. Right, we're, we're pretty even, pretty even at the moment between... Murray and Dummigan on the comments. Nobody has so, a clue in this podcast. Right. <laughs> Flano, Flano's trying in there with a late one now for Murray. Um, Flano, Flano also yeah. picked Dummigan earlier, so he, he's just an agent of chaos tonight. Flano's just dropping bombs into this. I was, I was going to pick Dummigan until Flano said the right back club. 
Keep having <laughs> it right back for fuck's sake. Steph, pick yeah. one or two. 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 Okay, so our winner is a Dummigan winner tonight. It's uh, Barry McKeever. Congratulations, Barry. You are a winner of our Tony's Pizzeria uh, Man of the Match competition. So congratulations. Just Good contact... Man, uh, just contact Tony's uh, Pizzeria there and order up your pizza. Compliments of ourselves, lads. He'd before be we up wrap, there. what's that? He'd be cleaning up, ever clean. <laughs> Fair play, I see what you did there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we finish up, because we actually don't mind looking at the table for a change <laughs> tonight, um, we can see that we're now up to sixth place. We're what? Five points clear of Waterford, even though we played a game in hand. So look, psychologically, I think it's we're, we're starting to really turn a corner. When you look, when you start to look at that fourth spot, you're four points off it. it it's too far to dare to dream anything there, isn't it? I still think it's 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 absolutely like, great. It's in, then you're, you're looking for what hats to win the cup if we were knocked out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm still not looking up. I'm still looking at like we won. <laughs> we've won three out of four games and drawn the other one, and we're only five points clear of Waterford with a game in hand. Like it's absolutely mental the amount of points we've gained, and still to be like, Jesus, if we like if we. Lose but when you think Bulls. of the form of Waterford and Dundalk at the moment, which is probably some of the more informed teams down there, like all of a sudden, if you're Drahada and Finn Harps, you're probably a little bit worried because halfway through the season, you were thinking, we're not going to have to worry about relegation. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, God, you, you yeah. need someone to be in free fall to take away that last playoff position. But look, it, it's anyone's now, isn't it? Yeah, and you would worry about someone like well, you wouldn't really worry too much about Drahada, but uh, from their point of view, they'd probably be a little bit worried that like, if they don't pick up a few points in the next few games and Dundalk and Waterford's form continues the way it is, you just keep getting sucked further down into it. Um, mm. And comment there, just, just saying, if you look at the goal difference as well there, because because of Waterford at the at the start of the year where, you know, taking more hits, hits than Baghdad, that you know, I think that's sorry. <laughs> I think I think that's probably you know, if, if anyone comes level on points with them, that goal difference is gonna really come back to haunt them, isn't it? Yeah, and nobody's gonna unless they go on a, a, a mad goal scoring spree, they're not gonna make that up enough. Like Finn Harps would be the closest ones, but it's a, still a massive swing. It, it's amazing with, with the poor form, um, Steph, of Sligo, that they're actually still there when you think about how bad they have been of late. Yeah, like they were, they were clear and second, weren't they, at one stage? And their form was just like the, the bottom half of the table. I'd, I'd say if you if you put up a, the last five games or so, just the form table, it, it'd read nearly upside down. Obviously, Rovers would still be up there, but. Like some of the teams down the bottom, Bar Longford have been getting the most points in the league. Like it's, it's been a bit of a mad season, but I don't know. Maybe maybe with the with the crowds coming back, it's sort of balancing balancing it up now a wee bit, especially with with the anyway. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, so just for, for the purpose um, of everything here, so Rovers still remain top on 62 points, followed by Pats, 53 points, then Sligo on 46 points, then Derry, 42 in fifth place is Bowes on 41, then Dundalk up to sixth on 38 points, uh, a point ahead of Drogheda and Finn Harps, and five then ahead of Waterford, who are in ninth, and then cut adrift then Longford below that on 14. Look, it, it sets up, I suppose, the Bowes match nicely next week, lads. Um, <laughs> You've got to start wondering if, if, if this team can turn up they could turn off for anyone in the league. Yeah. And we see we... some consistency? Well, that's the that's the big question, isn't it? Like if they if they could be consistent, we we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in. Mm. But again, if you're looking at that last five games there, like the consistency is starting to come. Like that's I don't know what was it when was the last time we lost? Can't remember who we got. Oh, Longford, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, no. the um the results have been good the last couple of weeks. So and performances have been good the last couple of weeks. Um, so they're definitely capable of going and beating everybody. Should have beat Bulls a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, Frank Carlin, three one. There you go. That's the confidence I like. Straight in there. <laughs> yeah, straight in, Steph. What are we thinking just next week? Yeah, look, we need to just keep going with this now. The momentum is just we can't afford any more injuries, but there's there's some more players coming back apparently. So mm-hmm. so it'll just strengthen up, at least with some options. Like we couldn't make a sub until what the ninetieth minute tonight. And Patchen was apparently carrying an injury as well coming into the game. So the work he got through, you you wouldn't think it, but you just wouldn't like to see any of the phone players just picking up any knocks because we we don't have anything from the bench to like like you've one or two players there but they're all inexperienced if you're you're in a in a fight still to still to you know keep building on what we have we could definitely beat bows like if we can beat rovers we, we can beat anybody in the league that's the optimism that I think we should be ending on. Steph is being positive tonight. Let's bow out of this as quick as we can before he finds a negative in it. Um, I want to thank James Rogers for popping on. Um, Donald, Steph, your two lads for um, being here tonight as well, considering Galley's away, Gallivanting, and, you know, Pingu is is doing, he's probably warming up for his marathon the weekend, just doing shuttle runs in the sitting room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Jaggers do. And I wore me wee collar for Flannel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so on on a night um, where we beat Rovers, has anyone got a final word we'd like to say? <laughs> Donald has to have um, the last word. No, I mean, I did think the highlight of the whole season was going to be when uh, we nicked the ball off Richie Tell in Tala and scored from that mistake. But I think, oh yeah, yeah. I think him getting abuse going down the tunnel tonight was probably going to be the highlight of the whole season. So that's all I could say. What'd you say to him, Don? <laughs> Don't worry, we got Sean Murray. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, right. We're out. Thanks for that. And we'll see everybody again after the Bulls match next week. Cheers, guys.
No pat, no party.